singularity. My name is Nicola, aka Socrates, and you're watching Singularity One on One. Singularity One on One is a regular podcast feature of Singularity Weblog. And if you guys enjoy the show, you can help me make it better in a couple of ways. You can uh, simply make a donation, or if you can't do that, then you can just uh, go and write a brief review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. Today, my guest on the show will be Bill Andrews. Bill is one of the two main protagonists of a fantastic new documentary that I watched recently, uh, a documentary about life extension titled The Immortalists. So, hi Bill, I'm very happy to have you on my show. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm very honored to be here. Fantastic. So, Bill, for those of our viewers who may not be familiar with you and your work, would you mind introducing yourself, what you do, and what you do? Uh, well, I'm, I'm Bill Andrews. I'm, I run a company called Sierra Sciences that's totally focused on something we call telomere biology. Uh, telomeres are the very tips of your chromosomes. Uh, we've known for 30 plus years that uh, the older you get, the shorter your telomeres get. Uh, it's almost like the analogy, good analogy is the shoelaces on your shoes. Uh, the caps on your shoelaces are equivalent to the telomeres on your chromosomes. And as we know, when our caps on our shoelaces get short, our shoelaces start to fall apart. And the same is true for our chromosomes. But it, was, it wasn't really until, <clears throat> I'd say, the late 1990s, early 2000s, when we were able to show that the telomere shortening was more a cause of aging, not the result of aging, uh, by the fact that when we relengthen telomeres, human cells became younger, uh, they became younger on, when grown into skin on the back of a mouse. Uh, they, uh, recently, uh, Dr. Rhonda Pennell at Harvard lengthened telomeres in old mice and saw them become young in a lot of different ways. Uh, it's uh, a very exciting new uh, science and what, what my company has been focused on for the last, uh, I want to say, 16 years now is finding ways to actually cause our cells, our own cells, to lengthen their own telomeres by induction of the gene called telomerase, uh, which I led the discovery of, at least the human version of it, uh, in, uh, uh, when I was at Geron Corporation in uh, the mid-1990s. So, so, is it fair to say that you're working on immortality? I, I like to think so. Um, it's, uh, I, I, of course, there's a scientific definition for immortality, <clears throat> immortality, and then there's everybody else's definition, but... Uh, What's the, the scientific? scientific? The scientific definition just means that your cells just keep dividing and dividing without ever reaching the so-called Hayflick limit or senescence. Uh, but uh, uh, what I'm doing won't, won't uh, make us so that we can survive when we're run over by trucks. Uh, but uh, I'm really looking forward to the brain uploading and... Uh, 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 even cryogenics, which are going to be the, the fallbacks for, for everything that uh, my, my approach won't attack. Mm -hmm. And why should we care about that, Bill? Why should we want to live forever? Uh, we don't necessarily want to live forever. I do. but uh, it's, We want to be healthy. I, I mean, it, it is just awful seeing uh, my parents, especially my father, who is suffering from aging right now. It's like 
it's just he, he's going through what I consider a miserable existence right now. Uh, and I don't think anybody should be condemned to such a lifestyle. It, it's, I, I think that the number one goal is we got to extend our health span, stay healthy. I, you know, I'd like to see people dancing, playing tennis, having the time of their lives when they're hundreds of years old. Why ever go through this horrible, horrible thing that we call aging uh, and where we get sick and stuff like that? I definitely have no interest in prolonging that kind of aging. I want to I see people get younger and live longer as a result of that. So would it be fair to say, based on what we discussed previously, that aging is actually the, 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 that uh, Hayflick limit imposed on the division of the cells? Basically, the inability of the cells to divide for an indefinite period of time. I think it's one of the. I think it's one of them. I, I, I believe in. I believe in almost every theory I've ever heard on what causes us to age, and and I try to practice everything personally to make certain that I combat all those different theories. But I, I, I think of the different theories on aging as like multiple sticks of dynamite that we have burning inside of us. And uh, uh, really, what's the stick of dynamite with the shortest fuse? And we got to attack that one first. And I, I think mice have a different short fuse than humans do. Uh, and so I, I'm, you know, I'm not always. And I think a lot of different animals have different short fuses. But I think humans, our shortest fuse is probably our telomeres, uh, the length of our telomeres. And I can't say for certain. We're just, but we'll know someday when we find a way to lengthen them. Then we'll get the answers. But right now, I'm. My hunch, especially considering that there's lots of people working on all the other hunches, my, my hunch approach is working on trying to uh, slow down, re uh, stop, or reverse the telomere shortening. Uh, but uh, uh, I still believe that when we do put out that fuse, uh, we're, we're, we're going to have other fuses to put out, like uh, uh, oxidative stress, uh, <clears throat> uh, mitochondria dysfunction. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that none of those other things, uh, you know, solving the oxidative stress problem, solving the mitochondria dysfunction problem, the other things, I don't think any of those are ever going to significantly extend our lifespan if our telomeres are still shortening. So we have to solve the telomere shortening in order to make all the other uh, theories work. And so that's where my focus is. And I'm so glad that colleagues of mine like Aubrey de Grey and Greg Fay and uh, uh, I, I could go on and on. Michael uh, Mike, Fossil? Yeah, Mike Fossil. I mean, well, not, Mike Fossil's not really doing a lot of research in it, but he's he's sure, sure one of the biggest proponents of of spreading the word that research needs to be done in this. But but I, I, I'm just glad. I, I want to support all the scientists working on curing aging because I want to see us all stay healthy as long as possible, and I think it's a concerted effort. I was just with Mike Fossil three or four days ago, and so he says hi, by the way. Oh, good. Uh, now, for 20 years. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning to interview him in a couple of months, probably. Uh, so let me ask you this, though. But you said that uh, the telomere shortening issue is, or resolving that issue, is necessary, but not necessarily sufficient for defeating aging. Is that so? So, in Absolutely. other words, yeah. it's just I, the first step. Yeah, we, we don't know the answers yet. There's, there's, it, it's, people keep asking me, why am I doing this research when there's all these other things going on? And I'll say, well, we don't know. I mean, we aren't going to, we, we want to answer the question, how big a role does telomere shortening play in aging? And there's, I don't care how much uh, 
publications get put in where people are showing correlations and things like that, we're never going to know for certain until somebody actually develops a pill or some other intervention, interventional method that is going to lengthen the telomeres and we see what happens. Uh, and uh, so right until then, you know, we're just going to continue our research uh, so that we can answer the question. And, and I'm optimistic that the answer is going to be very positive. At, at the worst, I figure I'm going to get another 30 years to work on <laughs> trying to find some other way of putting out the next views. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about how you originally stumbled into the field and how you decided to basically devote your life for, oh, I mean, towards working for that breakthrough? Well, Calvin Harley is probably the biggest uh, 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 person responsible for getting me into this field. I, I, uh, I've been interested in trying to find a cure for aging my entire life. I, I mean, I do call it cure for aging. I, I can come back to that subject later, but my, my, and a lot of people don't like that, but I, when I was 10 years old, my father told me, uh, because he saw that I was interested in science and medicine, that when I grow up, I should become a doctor and find a cure for aging. Those are the words he used, and I've been hooked on those ever since. But, and I've been obsessed with the subject ever since, all through high school. Was college. he serious or might he have been joking? No, he was serious. He said to me, I don't understand why nobody's done this yet. And he's, wow. he, ever since, and throughout my life, he's always been saying, Bill, hurry up, get a cure for aging, even when I was still in high school and college. And back then, I was like frustrated that, that none of the theories made sense in terms of being the only theory. Okay, it's like, uh, uh, I didn't understand why people who live on the North and South Poles will age at the same rate as people who live on the equator when we're in different environments and why cats and dogs age at different rates uh, than humans when we're in the same environment. I, I decided there had to be some kind of clock. So so I just kind of kept my eye on what's going on. And then one day, one day in early 1990s, I attended a conference in the Grand Labakan Hotel in Tahoe City, in Lake Tahoe, California. And uh, lo and behold, I heard Calvin Harley, uh, who was the uh, 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 chief scientific officer. I think he wasn't at the time, but he became the chief scientific officer at Geron Corporation. I heard him talk about telomeres and how they shorten with age and how there was a enzyme uh, telomerase. The uh, scientists had already discovered telomerase in an organism called tetrahymena and he was proposing that there was such an enzyme in humans and that could lengthen our telomeres and was one of the reasons why our reproductive cells didn't have telomere shortening is because this enzyme must exist. So I was just so floored because here was the first thing I'd ever encountered that could be that clock of aging uh, that uh, would distinguish between, you know, would be insensitive pretty much to environment. We now know it is sensitive to environment, but not as much as other things are. And I just uh, almost the very next day went to work with Calvin to uh, uh, try to discover the human telomerase enzyme. Uh, and uh, uh, I've, been, I've been obsessed focus on that ever since. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, and what do you tell, what do you say to people who would tell you, Bill, aging is natural and this is how nature has evolved us or this is how God has created us and we shouldn't be meddling with it. It's, mm -hmm. it's the way of progress, it's the way of change, it's the way things are. Hey, I'm, I'm going to make a real mess out of things. That's a, that's a fact. I, I, there's, there's lots of reasons why we shouldn't cure the aging process, uh, but uh, 
Uh, I personally, <laughs> I don't want to give up my life uh, so that future lives can be more, future generations can be more successful. I, I just, I just love living. I just want to stay healthy and stuff like that. But, but yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because there isn't agreement there. Even the religious groups and stuff like that. Some say we're doing God's will. I, I actually wrote a book called Curing Aging, uh, and uh, it's uh, uh, got a part in there where uh, a representative of the Catholic Church actually wrote a chapter saying that we're doing God's will. They said God kicked us out of the Garden of Eden with the idea that he wanted us to come back someday, and this is how we're going to get back. I, I was floored because I expected a lot of criticism, but I because I wanted the book to be unbiased, I wanted their viewpoint, and they, they came back with a very favorable viewpoint. But, but I do find a lot of people say it's, it is natural, it's normal. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, the biggest thing that always shocks me is that people says, says, do, says, say that doing natural things is best for you. But, you know, in my opinion, nature wants us dead. As soon as we've raised our young, they want us, nature wants us out of the way so that our young can compete, you know, for, for jobs or mates or food or things like that. If we don't, the old people don't die off, even the old animals, if they don't die off uh, and they stay experienced and mature, the young could never compete with them. Uh, so uh, uh, it's nature wants us dead. And uh, so I'm not so fond of following nature's guidelines. Um, I think uh, we've been overcoming nature's guidelines for a long time. I mean, take example of eyeglasses. <laughs> eyeglasses, uh, you know, probably before the invention of eyeglasses, people died just because they couldn't hunt, they couldn't, uh, uh, they could, they'd fall off cliffs, things like that. Eyeglasses have really extended our lifespan and stuff. And, you know, everything, coronary bypass surgery, refrigeration, better sewage systems, antibiotics, vex, you know, uh, all these things have, have extended our lifespan against nature's will wishes. So we're, we're already broken the rules many, many times. But uh, I'm, I'm struggling forward if for no other reason than for my own personal reasons. Well, let me, let, me, let me get to that in a second. Like, I am myself severely short-sighted, so I, and I totally agree with all those reasons. I mean, a couple hundred years ago, I'm, I'm almost like practically blind. So... I'm about minus 7.5, so uh, 200 years ago I probably would not have survived with such severe short-sightedness, uh, and, and now I am surviving and thriving because of technology and because of the fact that we are not following nature. So I'm, I'm totally with you on that one, but let me ask you about some of the, the what you call the good reasons why you shouldn't be doing this work and ask you to list a few of them and perhaps comment on your kind of admission that you're doing it for yourself too, because some would say that's a very selfish pursuit. Well, I'm not doing it just for myself. Believe me, I'm, my biggest interest right now is my parents. But I, I just, I've worked a lot in hospitals with old people. Uh, even in the last like two months, I've gone to these hospitals twice, given presentations there, met the patients and stuff like that. It is like, oh, it's awful. And every time, every time somebody dies, you know, when Jack LaLanne died, I was just like floored because of the fact that, you know, there's a type of person who really made a big effort to live healthy and long as possible. And he was overcome by the uncontrollable uh, 
disease of aging. And and I just uh, I I just every time every time something like that happens, I get depressed because because we're undergoing this thing. So it's it's not just selfish reasons. I just sometimes say, uh, w well, if everybody's opposed to this, then I'm going to do it just for selfish reasons. But I'll tell you, <laughs> it's not it's not my main motivation. It's uh, but I'm looking for a world that I'm going to be part of anyway. Uh, but the, the things that the things that are going to be problems, um, well, they include overpopulation. Um, you know, if if we don't die, will there be an overpopulation problem? There's not a hundred percent consensus on that. Um, we still die from a lot of other things. Uh, it could be when we have a cure for aging, people might die less from the other things because life is going to be considered more precious. But it, it is a possibility that there might be an overpopulation problem without birth control and stuff like that. <clears throat> so. That is a problem. <laughs> I personally don't accept that argument, to tell you the truth, because if you look currently at the countries that have the longest life expectancy, take, for example, Japan, right? One of the highest uh, life expectancies in the world. They have negative growth. So, yes. so and, and that's true also, let's say, for a country like Canada. It, were it not for immigration in Canada, Canada also has negative growth. The same is true for a country like Germany. And, and many other advanced countries. So we notice that uh, countries that do tend to have the, the, the longest uh, living populations actually tend to have very slow or, or even negative growth. So I personally am not sure that if people are living indefinitely or if you defeat aging, that I'm not sure we're going to necessarily have an overpopulation problem. I agree with you 100%. After World War II, there was such a big effort by people saying, oh, we got to rebuild our population. And as a result, we had a lot of children and stuff like that. But in result, if, 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 the po po uh, if we're getting overpopulated, I think people are going to just naturally say, oh, shoot, I don't want to add another person to this life because it's a lot of work to, have, to raise a kid and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but it's still a possibility. It, you know, is, it is a possibility, but, but also the reverse is true. We see that today the countries with the shortest lifespans have the, the fastest growth, usually in Africa or, or uh, southeastern Asia and, and in the poorest parts of Latin America. That's where we have the fastest growing population. So, yeah, it's not a guarantee, but, but I think it's a very hopeful sign. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. Um, in the movie that uh, we... We met at the premiere of at the Hot Dogs Film Festival in Toronto. Leonard Hayflick uh, was referring to your suggestion of extending the length of the telomeres by saying that association is not causation. Right. What What do you want to say about that? In other words, he was trying to undermine your whole presumption that if you lengthen uh, that the shortening of the telomeres causes aging, and therefore, if you lengthen them, you would reverse it. And his answer to that is association is not causation. Well, I agree. I mean, it, it's agree. I, I, I'm a very big fan of Leonard Hayflex. Um, uh, I've known him for many, many years, uh, and I think he's the person that created the whole field that I'm in right now. But, uh, uh, yeah, w w that's why we're doing the research. Uh, to to a lot of times uh, correlations are not causations. Yeah, and that's why you do the studies to actually find out if they are or not. Um, but there there are some things that are suggesting 
that it's not just uh, that it, that there is more than uh, that cause. Let's see, telomere shortening is the cause of aging, and that's the reversal of lengthening of telomeres in human cells and mice uh, suggests strongly suggests that uh, uh, it might be correlated with aging. But of course, we won't know until we have a pill. And so, as I said, we're trying to answer that question that Leonard Hayflick has asked. I think in the documentary he accidentally says the opposite, uh, but I think that was just unintentionally accident. You know, you get in front of a camera, you can sometimes say the wrong thing. But I think he said something about how uh, uh, shortening telomeres or turning telomeres off was going to length, uh, lengthen our lifespan. But uh, but it's still, I know what he meant. Uh, so, but yeah, no, he, he's right. I, I don't disagree with that at all. The, but that's what we're doing. We're doing research right now. But, you know, we, we do have some products that we are associated with, uh, like product B, uh, that, you know, we, we've licensed other companies because, you know, we had let, discovered let them. Me, let me get to the products just in a little bit yes. later. I want to, I want to, before that, talk can about I, the tests. Can I make one comment sure. back to the subject sure. of, of, course. Uh, of, uh, of the things about, you know, overpopulation and, yeah. and the uh, young never being able to compete for jobs? Here's what I believe. I believe that if a hundred years from now we have a cure for aging and we suddenly have all these problems like overpopulation and the, the young can't get work or can't compete for mates and things like that, I don't think the world's going to vote against a cure for aging. I think they're going to find some other solution. I think the cure for aging is going to be considered such an important part of our lives that uh, we're going to fight tooth and nail to find some other way of solving the world's problems than, than banning the cure for aging. Yeah, and I would say actually a hundred years from now, I mean, we can already observe that the young have problem finding jobs. And that's not because we've defeated aging, but it's because of automatization, robotization, computers taking the jobs of humans and things like that. So a hundred years from now, that may already be a fact completely. And hopefully we wouldn't have to do, uh, you know, menial jobs or, or in fact, maybe we'll be actually able to focus on our creative pursuits rather than making a living. Uh, or at least that's my own personal hope. Uh, but let me let me ask you a little bit about the tests. What I mean, I want to get some some useful tips for our audience here. So let's start with the tests. How do we know uh, how long are our uh, telomeres, and should we should we do those tests, and what kind of tests are those? Okay, good question. Well, there's there's like about five or six different tests out there right now. Um, I'm not a big believer right now in the fact that what we want to measure is the average length of our telomeres. Um, I believe that the percent of short telomeres correlates a lot better to our age and overall health. <clears throat> and it, it's not clear 100% as to why, but it might be that average telomeres is really just a kind of a weaker biomarker of the percent of short telomeres. Mm -hmm. And plus, you know, we don't we don't know why the length of a telomere has anything any effect on aging and health anyway. Uh, it's all speculation. I kind of like to think of it as like the telomere folds back on the chromosome and interacts with genes uh, to turn them on and off. And the shorter the telomere gets, the less able it is to 
able to fold back. Uh, it's, there's no support for that model, but it, it, it kind of like explains it in a, in a kind of weird way. But the um, uh, <clears throat> it, it says to me that that it's when telomeres get really, really critically short, that's when we start having problems, just like when the shoelaces get really the caps on our shoelaces get really, really short. That's when our shoelaces start falling apart. So it's the percent of our telomeres that are short, which is the real measure. Uh, there's really only one company uh, measuring that right now. That's a company called LifeLength, L-I-F-E-L-E-N-G-T-H. Uh, and uh, it's more expensive, but I, I've been finding... How much is it? Uh, it's about $800, I think, to right now. Uh, the um, Is it worth it? I, that's that's the only way I'm measuring my telomeres right now. It's because uh, I always, you know, I've gotten to the point of thinking that the other methods are like uh, just tossing a coin. I mean, you might be better off reading the uh, life length in the palm of your hand. Mm -hmm. I, I I just know that I've met too many people that have sent in blood samples more than once and got very different results each time mm -hmm. with looking at average telomere length. And and since I do a lot of telomere length measurements myself here in our labs, I know how difficult they are and how inconsistent they are. My, my, okay, so my favorite method is actually right now what's called TRF. That's the kind of we use in the lab. It's the original procedure uh, that came out. But it's not very quantitative, but it's very qualitative. You know, what, what, which I like is because you can take two different populations of telomeres and run them on an electrophoresis gel, and you can tell which one's bigger mm -hmm. without any doubt at all. But the... Um, uh, it's really hard to actually measure what the average length is, or even the percent of short telomeres there. So, I, I'm 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 a big believer in the that life length is the way right now we should be getting our telomeres measured. So, is it should we be doing that test? And if yes, at what age? I I you know I believe that we should be knowing the length of our telomeres at any age, uh, from the day we're even conceived before we're even born, uh, because there's there's a lot of telomere diseases that occur like progeria, Huntington's Guilford disease, uh, they're, they're born with shorter telomeres. And it appears now that the telomere shortening is called by the lamin A mutation, or progerin. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, um, uh, it, it's, right now, most people don't even know the kid has progeria until the kid starts getting into, you know, two, three years old, and they start wondering why the kid's looking older. Um, <clears throat> the, um, maybe it's not even that young that they get it. So, so it, it's it's like, what can you do about it? In the case of Huntington's Guilford, there's not much you can do about it except for possibly support research that's trying to do something about it. And there are things you can do to decrease the rate of telomere shortening now. <clears throat> um, and then there are products like product B and TA65 that uh, can uh, induce telomerase a little bit to uh, essentially end up with decrease in the rate of telomere shortening. But uh, there's also, you can do, so, so the things that I recommend from the published literature, most of this has not been done by me, but I read everything, uh, is uh, exercise. Endurance exercise has been shown to be one of the best ways to keep your telomeres long. I'm an ultramarathon runner, and I was really happy to see one day when it got published that ultramarathon runners have the longest telomeres. Not because we lengthen our telomeres, but because we decrease the rate of what I call accelerated telomere shortening caused by inflammation and free radicals. Well, I had a, an audience question submitted on that topic, and she, uh, Cynthia Stewart, was asking if uh, ultramarathon running 
uh, helps you slow down that process. And when I said that, when I told her, when I responded to her that I'm pretty sure you would say yes, then her response was, well, I have read in so many places that you accumulate so much damage to your tissues, you actually induce inflammation, and in the end, ultramarathon running uh, especially, uh, even marathon running, but especially ultramarathon running causes, causes more damage than good. And supposedly now, there's all those uh, studies that claim that short-distance, all-out sprinting efforts are the most uh, inducive for uh, general health uh, and life extension, supposedly. Yeah, it's, well, for starters, mice and humans are very different. Um, I think you put a mouse on a treadmill, you're going to shorten its lifespan. But <laughs> humans, humans, you, uh, humans have the ability to actually increase their antioxidants to actually result in a net oxidative stress that, uh, that's less than before. Um, so, so they can actually decrease their oxidative stress by running. I, I was really amazed when I got into the ultramarathon world of how many 70, 80 year olds there are in the sport that are very, very competitive and, and actually look and act very, very young. Um, so there, it's not, I, you know, there's a lot of theories, a lot of weak studies and stuff like that. I, I don't really know what's going on, but I believe that uh, in humans, it, it, well, there's, let's say there's also two different types of runners. Okay, I think the, the person that runs a marathon and just kills himself during that marathon, they're probably shortening their lifespan. But then there's a the kind of runner that's more into the distance, more into thinking of it like it's just a fast backpacking trip, has fun when they're doing it, and if they quit having fun, they stop. That's like me. I, I just I, I just I'm addicted to the sport. I like the I'm more and in, more into it for the adventure than I am for the actual exercise. I'm I train just because I don't want to miss these opportunities to go on these great adventures. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, I never I never push myself really hard. And I think that's the key is you want to keep your your uh, intensity down. I, I, I often say the more intense your endurance, the longer your telomeres. But I think it's intensity I'm using differently there. It's, I believe that if you exercise a lot, especially endurance exercise, and keep it fun and not overdo it, uh, you actually, your body gets used to it, and as a result, you don't get inflammation. And you, and you boost your antioxidant levels, so your oxidative stress is actually less. I, I think the best example is that, you know, I know people, and I used to be like this too, when, if I take long breaks from running, if I go out and run a marathon, I do really well, and I finish the, uh, cross the finish line, I'm celebrating and stuff like that. Next day, I'm stiff as a board because of all the inflammation that's built up. I can't do anything. It's like for a week, I can't barely walk or let alone run. But when I run all the time, like six days a week at least, um, and I go out and run a marathon, when I get done, I'm perfectly fine. I can go out and run the next day, no problem at all. Uh, that's because I, my body is kind of like decided it's no need to cause an inflammatory response because it's used to the uh, experience. So I, you know, it's, I, I think a lot more research is needed to be done on the subject, but uh, I believe, one, we can't believe mouse data uh, compares to humans, uh, and uh, two, I don't think there's enough data on humans. I just know from my own observations that Boy, I see it all over the place. Uh, a lot of young-looking, healthy, 
elderly people but compete. maybe they have pre-selected themselves simply because they had that genetic predisposition to run and therefore they went into running and therefore they look younger we don't know again I thought that too but there's there's people that most of the older people didn't actually get into running until they were older I'm an exception I've been running my whole life but uh, you know I know a woman who's 90 years old right now and is a runner she actually uh, uh, Walked, it took me through, handheld me during my very first 100-mile race, and she did it at 75 years old. My goodness. Uh, and, but she didn't start running until she was 54. She said that she was getting really old. Her doctors told her she had severe osteoporosis. Uh, she was unhealthy. She got into running, and all that stuff reversed, and she became much, much healthier. Uh, when, if you were to meet her now, you would never think she was an old woman. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... I we don't know. You're right. There's, it's not subject, a subject that I could debate on because we mm -hmm. don't know the answers. I'm just. Do you think that cycling works the same way too? Because I'm a cyclist yes, myself. Absolutely. I believe cycling, swimming. Uh, I'm. You know. I, I'm not. I don't know. I'm, the jury's not out on things like bodybuilding. You know, heavy weightlifting, because I know that those things like, like tear up your muscles, and the way your muscles get bigger is that you have other cells divide to replace the gaps that are made in your torn muscles and cell division causes telomere shorting so I you know I don't know of any studies out there that are looking at that but I'm, I'm worried that that maybe too much bodybuilding and stuff like that might be something that accelerates aging instead of uh, uh, slows down the aging mm -hmm. but uh, anything and, and the same is true for anything that induces cell division like microdermabrasion or uh, immune boosters or things like that. I'm always afraid, and human growth hormone even. I, I'm afraid that those things might end up causing accelerated telomere shorting. Mm -hmm. So let, let's talk a little bit more about the supplements then, because you did mention product B and A65. Tell us uh, how those products are derived and how they work in a couple of minutes, if you can, if that's possible at all. And, and what, what, uh, at what should we buy them and at what age? Okay, well, uh, let me answer the second question first. I, I think people should be taking these at any age. They, I, I don't think they're potent enough, even though there's a lot 18 of... 18 years old? Uh, the day you're conceived, your, your, your mother should be taking it before you're born. I, I, I think that everything we should be doing is to keep our telomeres long, because you know, not all of us, a very small percentage of us are going to be at risk of having a short telomere disease, but uh, uh, some do, and I think that's the good reason to do whatever we can to decrease the rate of our telomere shortening as early as possible. I don't think it's going to hurt anybody. Um, but uh, I, uh, uh, so, so that's, that's my answer to that one. But I, you know, the first one that ever came out was TA65. Uh, that's actually purified from astragalus root uh, to a single molecule. It's a natural product because it's not synthesized. It's just purified. Um, I'm actually an author on the clinical study. Uh, the first clinical study that came out showing that it does seem to turn on telomerase, induce telomerase expression, and it does seem to cause the shortest telomeres to get longer. Mm -hmm. So I'm, 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 I think that that's something that people should take. But uh, there's others. Product B is also uh, product B is a, a a mixture of numerous natural products um, that uh, we have been testing here at Sierra Sciences. Uh, in collaboration with a company called Isagenix. Uh, and, th and in that case, what we did is we just 
tested over 10,000 different natural products uh, looking for any natural product when added to human cells grown in a petri dish would cause the induction of telomerase or cause cells to start producing telomerase. And so we ended up finding 39 of them uh, and the top ones have just been mixed together without any purification uh, into the capsules that are in product B. And what are and, those products, for example? Uh, I'm not... Well, you or can is look that at, a secret? It's, it's, it's a secret. Um, they're, they're written on the side of the bottle, but I can tell you there's a lot of things on there that are not uh, telomerase inducers. So I, I don't know. I, I think they're trying... So tell I, us the I, ones that are public knowledge. Just so people uh, get an idea, what do you derive it from? I don't think any of them are public knowledge. I'm not aware of anything. There, I think so there's what's a written on the side of the bottle? Okay, so I don't have the bottle. Oh, here's a bottle right here. Hold on. So the first one is uh, uh, Syllabum merium, which is milk thistle. Uh, there's a seed extract. Ashco I, I can't even. I'm not a. I'm not a natural pr product person. I'll be honest with you. When when Isagenics sends us, it's, it's actually a company called Dream Master, with run by John Anderson. When he sends us. Uh, stuff he never tells us what we're testing because uh, we're, we're we're more of a pharmaceutical type company not a natural product company but he'll send us samples labeled one two three four up to ten thousand something and we just test them and let them know which work uh, but I do know there's a few things on this list that we have tested before ourselves and we know that they're not active I'm going to say N-acetylcysteine is one of them uh, so so there's 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 about 30 ingredients, I'd say, written on the side of the bottle here that I'm looking at. By the way, that's it right there. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's the list of ingredients right there. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, uh, I really don't know. Our, our My company's focus is on trying to find a uh, molecule, whether it's a natural product or a synthetic chemical, that's potent enough to actually have a net result of increasing the telomere lengths. Um, and not just the shortest telomeres. So increase all of the telomeres so that we can, on a, even on a TRF analysis gel, we can see that the average length of the telomeres got longer. So our focus is more on that, and we just test the natural products from Isogenics when they, when they send them to us, and we let them know which ones uh, actually cause uh, human cells in a petri dish to uh, produce telomeres. So, so do they work? Does product B and TA60, you said TA64 does show that the, the shortest telomeres are get lengthened. How about product B? Uh, clinical studies are underway. Um, uh, one thing that's been a problem is that it is really difficult to measure telomeres, even with the best companies. It's, it's uh, um, let's say, in, I, in order to really get a good answer about telomere length, you've got to measure the telomeres of a lot of people because there is a lot of scatter. I, I often say that right now telomere length measurement is not the best way to get the accurate measurement of a telomere for an individual but because there's too much scatter. But if you get a thousand people, you can get a pretty good regression line on a graph uh, that will show that some something is affecting telomere lengths. And, uh, it's it's those kind of things are underway. They're just not done yet. But uh, uh, it's uh, uh, I, I'm very I'm very hopeful that that's going to be the case. What about uh, other natural supplements that have been around for many years, such as antioxidants, multivitamins, uh, fish oil, or, or omega three fatty acids, things like that? Should we be taking those? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I already mentioned N-acetylcysteine, which is kind of like an antioxidant and that it forms glutathione. Um, the uh, uh, there's in the scientifically peer-reviewed literature, there's been numerous studies showing that antioxidants will decrease the rate of what I call accelerated telomere shortening. It won't lengthen the telomeres, but it'll decrease the shortening that's caused by free radicals or inflammation, such as omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D. Uh, when I was when I'd mentioned exercise before, I was going to go right next to the antioxidants, vitamin D, and omega-3s as being very, very important for maintaining telomeres as long as possible. And that's one of the reasons why people should get their telomeres measured, because a lot of people will decide, okay, it's time to get on, on board and start doing something about their telomeres if they know they're short. Um, you know, it, maybe it works for some people, but not everybody. But um, uh, it's, it's like, I think we got a very bright future in the not too distant future. Uh, and uh, people should do whatever they can to keep their telomeres as long as possible so that they're still healthy and around when we come up with the stuff that's actually going to lengthen their telomeres and make us younger in many ways, just like the mice in Rhonda Pennell's lab did. So you run ultra marathons, you yes. take supplements. Yes. And how about diet? What's the, the best diet in, to your knowledge, that, that kind of promotes the slowest uh, uh, shortening, the slowest pace of shortening those telomeres? Uh, well, you know, I, I've become a big fan of Isogenics. As I'm drinking one of their shakes right now. Um, I, I, they're, they're, they've got product. I, you know, they don't pay me anything to say this. I don't get, so I, I'm just saying this because I really believe it. It's, it's, uh, I, I live an isogenics diet. I, I drink their shakes. I take their cleanse, uh, which is not a colon cleanse, but it's a cleanse that kind of gets rid of toxins in the body. Uh, and so that's that's been the most effective thing I've ever done to keep my weight down. Before I met isogenics, when, when I first met them, I actually was telling them how frustrating it is. Seems like I run and run average of 10 miles a day, and still seem to always be overweight and fat and out of shape. And uh, uh, they, they got me hooked on the isogenic stuff, and it's been so effective that I've been on it now for like five years. But you, you're still talking about on the supplement side. I was more curious yeah. about like the debate on vegetarian versus paleo oh. diet, high carb, low carb, things like that. What do you eat? What kind of food? Well, I believe in, in keeping your carbs low, but uh, 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 that's, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not a real expert in that area. I just... I, I, so the paleo diet versus uh, caloric restriction. I, I, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the idea of caloric restriction. Um, I believe it works on mice, uh, roundworms, fruit flies, and yeast, but I don't think it works on humans or primates very well. Um, and uh, I, uh, uh, I I I really don't know. I, I've struggled with that myself, trying to figure out what's the right diet. I I've tried a lot of them. Uh, before getting to isogenics, and now I don't even think about that anymore. I just go with the isogenic stuff. Uh, but uh, you're right. It's, it's again. I'm talking about supplements. Um, yeah, I'm not an expert on diet. I just found something that works. Bill, uh, you you mentioned that you're more of a pharmaceutical company. Can you tell us a little bit more about Sierra Sciences and 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 how it's set up and and how big is it right now? Because in the movie, uh, you guys were struggling very seriously. 
so wh where are you at right now? How big are you and so on? What do we're you do on a daily basis? We're still struggling. Uh, we, I think we have eight employees right now. Uh, we used to have 40 employees and then in 2008 the economic crisis hit. Uh, it affected my investors and infected our ability to get more funding. Uh, that's one of the reasons we decided, well, you know, in this day of age when it's really hard to find investors because everybody wants to invest, they just don't have the money available at least. Uh, we decided we better start creating our own products to generate our own funding and that's what Product B is. Product B is to us a great product but it's also a, uh, um, a source of revenue that every penny that we get from the royalties from Product B sales goes directly into the research. And uh, so that, that's our focus right now. So we're, we're trying to uh, boost the sale of Product B to increase our revenues. So I think it's, you know, I keep saying it's a way to help your health, help your wealth, and also uh, help our research. Uh, and uh, so it's a win-win-win situation there. Uh, but uh, uh, people, people are catching on slowly about the role and the promise of telomere biology, uh, but they are catching on and we are making uh, enough money from royalties now that we are able to do some research. We aren't able to do the pharmaceutical research to the level that we would like. We figure as soon as we get to the point where we're you know, generating, let's say a million dollars a month, that it's going to allow us to get the uh, pharmaceutical research done and we think we'll have a drug or natural product that is potent enough to actually cause a net increase in overall telomere length within one year. And uh, yeah, you then said I, I watched a video with you where you said we believe that we can make a human cell immortal one year after we find the funding that we need. So, yes. what's the funding that you need as a number, and how far along that process are you? <clears throat> well, we think we need forty million dollars. Um, that that's what our you know my scientists and I have sat around the conference room table and batted around all these numbers and the research that we need to do and. We came up with $40 million over a three-year period. Um, that includes like one year of medicinal chemistry and mechanism of action studies to uh, actually, and maybe, maybe just medicinal chemistry, to actually get a drug that's, I think, five to seven times more potent than our strongest one so far. Uh, and that's, that's when we reach the potency that we think will actually reverse aging. Um, and. Uh, uh, so we, we've come up with a number of 40 million, uh, 15 million the first year, and, and we think we'll have the drug discovered in the first year, but then we, we want to do animal studies, safety studies, efficacy studies. Um, our, our target is actually to work with cats uh, because we don't believe that mice age by telomere shortening. It's, it's, there, there's a very funny situation. I don't think mice would be a good study of, of aging, but uh, we want to look at cats because cats do suffer from diseases that humans suffer from uh, and these some of these diseases are strongly telomere related and so we want to show that uh, the cat's uh, disease is cured or let's say put at bay uh, and then when that happens we, and we think that'll take another two years so in three years after we find funding um, we'll be ready to start testing in humans. Um, 
but uh, I keep saying three years after we get funding, but we haven't gotten the funding yet. It, the, the amount of money that we get just barely keeps us alive, keeps my scientists uh, paid, and uh, allows them to continue screening for natural products with isogenics and uh, uh, do a little bit of other uh, like research, but nothing, nothing applied research, nothing that's actually uh, <clears throat> developmental related towards trying to get these pharmaceuticals better. Mm -hmm. That's just too expensive. I see. But let, let's be clear though, you're talking $40 million to make a human cell immortal. That's a long way from making a human immortal, isn't it? Well, who knows? We, yeah, you, I, my, I would say that, uh, well, actually, you know, cause yeah, that's what we do. We want to, when one year we'll have a drug that will make a human cell immortal by the scientific definition of immortal. I mean, it doesn't reach the Hayflick limit, the telomeres stay long. Um, but, uh, uh, that should have still a high probability of having significant benefits health-wise to humans. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, we would then start doing clinical studies and actually finding out, answering the question. What if, Does, what if people who say that instead of uh, promoting aging, uh, anti-aging, uh, defeating aging, you would actually cause cancer, like Aubrey de Grey? In the movie, he thinks that instead of defeating aging, you would end up causing cancer. I, you know, that was a, a big concern up until maybe, I want to say, eight, nine years ago. But the, the scientific data is overwhelmingly showing that, that short telomeres cause cancer, not telomerase. In fact, it's the lack of telomerase that seems to be causing cancer. But again, we won't know until we actually have a drug. It's all guessing right now, but mm -hmm. it, it's when we have a drug. And, and Aubrey and I talk about this all the time. And... Uh, we're both in agreement that yeah, we're going to have to do some research and get these questions answered. But, but it's it's some people are on the side of the scale saying yeah, they think it's going to cause cancer. Some are on the other side saying it's it's going to decrease the risk of cancer. But uh, uh, you know, it's all guesswork right now. I, I'm I'm a strong believer in the fact I I, I read the literature all the time. That everything right now supporting the idea that uh, short telomeres cause cancer and a lot of different health related things because short telomeres cause chromosome rearrangements, mutations, uh, and keeping telomeres long is the way to go. Now, if you have cancer, <clears throat> uh, then your telomeres are really, really short causing mutations and that increases the chances that you're going to have a mutation that turns telomerase on. Uh, but as a result, the telomerase was a result of cancer, not the cause of cancer. Uh, and uh, so you, what you want to do is you want to turn on telomerase before the cells become cancer so that you decrease the chances of becoming cancer. And then, you know, it's, it's cancer cells already have telomerase being produced. It's, it's not going to hurt them anymore to, to be inducing telomerase in all the other cells of your body. Because I, I think that, especially your immune system, I think one of the main reasons we get cancer is when we get older is because our immune system gets weak and less capable of fighting cancer. So mm -hmm. I think the trick is to boost it. But, you know, we, I'm a scientist. I'm not going to say I know one way or another. I just, I just have a strong hunch right now that uh, we're going to find out that when we induce telomerase expression and lengthen telomeres in people, the incidence of cancer is going to drop off drastically. Mm -hmm. uh, drastically is a negative word, but 
drop off fantastically. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I think is going to happen. And what do you think of Aubrey's own sense sort of roadmap and approach to towards achieving the same goal that you're working towards? Very different it. pathway from yours. I love it. Actually, we're, we're collaborating. We're, 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 we got a meeting coming up this Thursday to talk about uh, ways we can help them with their approach. Uh, the, the, uh, you know, my, my situation is I want to see a brighter future for everybody. I want to see us, I want to see aging get cured, but not so much for lifespan, but for health span. I want to see our, us all get healthy. And I don't believe in putting all our money into one hat. I, it's like, uh, let's, you know, Aubrey's is passionate, if not more passionate than I am about the subject. And that's one of the reasons he and I are good friends. Uh, I, you know, shoot, maybe some of the things he's doing is right. Maybe all of it's right. It's, uh, uh, we just got to make certain that he and us get financial support to, to keep our research going. But the same is true for, God, many, many others. And, you know, when I think of, like, who's really got some really stuff, important stuff going on, I think of people like Greg Fay, who's really on the pioneering edge of, uh, of cryogenics, figuring out how to make it so that freezing ourselves when we die is going to be a, a promising way of, being able to wake up 100 years from now when they cure your disease. Uh, the brain uploading, uh, I think that that's a fantastic stuff. And I, I get excited. I like watching the news reports and stuff like that because I, it, it just gets me really excited that this stuff is actually becoming more realistic. It's not so science fiction anymore. Um, and, and brain uploading, for those that don't know, it's, it's like you, you, know, you get into a car accident and your airbag blows up and uh, suddenly there's some signal saying to transport everything in your mind to a computer uh, and uh, next thing you know you wake up and you're in some other body because all your mind that was in the computer was taken and put into that body. Now people ask was that living? Is that still you? Uh, I said well that's better than being dead. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, the, uh, but uh, I think that those cryogenics and uh, uh, brain uploading are two of the exciting things that are going on that are backups to everything else. But, well, I, I believe in, in everything. I, and, you and you know, preempted, you preempted yeah. my questions, actually, because I was going to ask you about cryonics a little bit, but you did preempt me. So uh, do you have an opinion about it? Uh, uh, would you, or would you even care to characterize yourself as a transhumanist by any chance? Um, let's see. You're going to have to not include this part. You're going to have to cut this part because... I, I, I have to confess, I don't know the definition of transhumanist. Uh -huh. Well, th th that's okay. I mean, I, I don't really cut from my interviews, but uh -oh. but uh, the, I, I, basically I, I think we're on the same page because transhumanism, very simply put, means that we can use science and technology to overcome the limits of biology and that there's nothing wrong of us doing that too. So. Uh -huh. Big, big believer in that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it's about the feasibility and also about the de desirability of using science and technology to overcome the limits of biology and make our lives better, which is basically what we've been talking all about. So I think we're very much on the same page, even if we don't have the definition of transhumanism there, which is not so important. Okay, Bill. So we're actually, unfortunately, um, getting towards the end of our interview. So 
let me ask you, where can people go and find out more about you and your work if they're interested to do so? Well, the number one thing is, is we wrote a book because so many people have asked that question. Uh, it's, the book is titled something like Bill Andrews uh, on Telomere Basics, and it's called Curing Aging. It's available on Amazon.com. Uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's done really well. I was I'm amazed at how many five star ratings it's gotten right now. A lot of very positive feedback. Uh, the book doesn't sell anything. All it is is a basics on what telomeres are and and the biology and kind of like dispelling some of the rumors that are out there that uh, are not based on science and things like that. And it's pretty much uh, it's just somebody wants to get a uh, general education on, on telomere biology, that's where to go. And it's written for the non-scientist. So it uses some pretty clever analogies to, and I, when I say clever, I got to give credit to my co-author, John Cornell, mm. who's done some very clever things to make it so that um, <clears throat> the average person is going to understand every word of this, of this book. But it's available on Amazon.com, Curing Aging. That's, I would say, the number one best place to go right now to get an overall and it's very short. It's only like 80 pages, and yes. most people read it in one night. Uh, but <clears throat> it tells you everything you want to know. Uh, there, there's, you know, PubMed's the next best thing. Uh, people want to get more into the science. I would just Google PubMed, P-U-B-M-E-D, and type in the search string telomere and any disease you want, telomere and macular degeneration, for instance, and find out all the literature because there's thousands and thousands of papers out there right now from scientifically peer-reviewed journals showing the, the how bad short telomeres are and how good long telomeres are. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the most important thing for us is, is perhaps my last question, which is we've been talking for maybe an hour and if you had the, the ability to send the single most important message that our viewers would take away from our conversation uh, today. What would you like that to be? What's oh, the most important thing for you? Aging is not going to cure itself. It's, it requires funding. Uh, people think the government's funding all the research in aging, but the government's not interested. Uh, large pharma is not interested. Uh, <clears throat> if people really out there are out there wondering why nobody's curing aging right now, it's because we need the private individuals that are passionate about this subject to be funding this research and not just my research everybody's research so uh, uh, in fact you know if, if we had a lot of money I'd probably be starting a fund to, to fund all the, everybody else's research too just like Aubrey has been doing and and David Kekich has been doing and uh, Life Extension Foundation has been doing <clears throat> but they're 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 having much troubles raising money to to donate to research and stuff. So, but the, it, people are believing that uh, the government's handling this or large pharma's all handling this, but large pharma's gonna lose out big time <laughs> when we cure aging because all their drugs are gonna be, uh, nobody's gonna need them anymore. Mm -hmm. Aging isn't going to cure itself. Bill Andrews, I absolutely love that. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, I enjoyed this tremendously.